0: Okay. So now you have someone delegated, let's say a VA, uh, a VA. I don't from- use
1: VAs. First of all, oh, I don't no? really, I got like some admin VAs that do admin tasks, but no, all my staff are uh, U.S. you know, in-house employees. We don't do the virtual, you know, work from home, you know, digital nomad crap. We're in office. It's a hardcore, you know, sales environment. That's, that's the way we run it.
0: Wow, man. That's, that's exceptional. All of them are in Austin or where? where are they?
1: They're all right here. Well, they're all at lunch right now. They need to get their ass back, but yeah, no, they're all they're all here. They'll be back. Like, they ring just, the bell. Time to right. go back to work, man. Yeah, no, they're 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 in here right now. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long but if you don't put in the work,
0: the mindset, execution and the hustle behind your vision it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong you have to take all the responsibility We uncover what high level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances.
1: The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow
0: your business, learn skills and help you level up in your self-development journey.
1: Your number one spot
0: for business and personal growth is The Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. When you decided to actually go, okay, look, this is, this is working. I'm getting deals that are off my local market. It's good. Uh, when do you actually decide, okay, I'm, now I'm going to try this other market? Uh, Now, then I'm going to try this other market. And what was your old reasoning behind there? like Deciding which markets you're going to go for.
1: It was basically where am I going to get the best return on my marketing dollars, right? Like Austin ain't it. I mean, you'll pay $8,500 for a wholesale deal here that you might net like 11,000 on. It doesn't really make the most logical sense. So I'm like, I could spend, you know, a thousand dollars in a market like, you know, Wichita, Kansas, and, you know, make a $15,000 assignment fee. Like I just analyzed different markets in the United States and, um, you know, started looking at the ARVs, you know, the ARVs are important to how much your spreads are going to be, right. If you got a, you know, a $250,000 average median sales price, you're going to be able to get a lot bigger assignment fees than if you're in some you know, smaller market that's got $50,000 yeah. average. right? So I was just looking at different demographic data, and I mean, I spent you know nights and weekends you know, analyzing different markets in the United States to really like, you know, decide where am I going to deploy capital.
0: Yeah, man. That's 100 percent like know, knowing the numbers so that you know which KPIs you're kind of expecting. It's 100% one of the first things that people got to gotta, gotta actually know when going to an unknown, unknown market. And I'm pretty sure those are the things that you currently still do if you were to do uh, go to an unknown market.
1: I mean, we just did a huge leads analysis last week because I've been blanking in the United States for a long time now. So you know, I've got, I think it was like 25 or 26,000 leads that we did a analysis on to figure out you know, okay, well, where is our, our actual profit coming from? Like, hey, we might be getting a lot of leads in this market, but how much profit is coming out of there? So we did a big analysis on the entire United States and I realized, you know, pretty quickly, like um, 80% of our revenue is coming from 56 counties in the US. So now I've got strategic campaigns, just targeting the crap out of this 60 or 50, 56 counties. 56 counties. And that's like how many states? Is all the states? Or- yeah, it, they're scattered throughout the US. I think there's like 3,300 counties, and 56 of them is where I was pulling, you know, I've been pulling 80% of my profit.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's good. So, but you, so you were able, of course, you sacrificed at the beginning uh, a little bit of the profit opportunity. Uh, by testing out different markets, because you said like last week you you did that specific uh, lead cost and uh, profit profit cost yeah. analysis, right? Uh, so you had to go in uh, bolts deep into this other markets so that probably are not that you know great of a profit, but you still had to do it in
1: order to know those numbers, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, you don't know until it, until you try. So. Yeah, man. (laughs) So one
0: thing that when when we spoke that really, really astonished me is right now you have about like, what is it that you said? 2 million more of of, uh, partners and cash buyers or people that you know that when you have a deal now, you can send it to them. And now it's going to be something quickly. You don't have to look for someone um, random or try to market it like crazy, correct is that is that something that that's uh that you have I mean, right we now? have over
1: two point two million buyers there you go uh, in our database, but I mean, the majority of them are still random. so you know if we're blasting a deal out, we're developing relationships with new people all the time now, in markets that we've done deals before we ha- and have existing relationships, we leverage those people that have bought properties from us. Uh, we try not to blast properties out because we have so much buyer data that if we blast out a property, like we'll be talking to people all day long. Yeah, that
0: absolutely. So. And you definitely, but you definitely uh, do your qualification criteria for each buyer because you, maybe some people that are out there say, oh yeah, I'll buy properties, but they really don't qualify to like find the property or like they're not really as qualified buyers. So I'm pretty sure you have a, you have a process to qualify.
1: Oh, to, we got a script. Yeah. They, we yeah. If, we have a script that basically like gets cuts right to the chase and they're either in or out within, you know, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. Okay. So now you have someone delegated, let's say a VA, uh, a VA. I don't use to... VAs. First of all, oh, I don't no? really, I got like some admin VAs that do admin tasks, but no, all my staff are uh, US. US you know in-house employees we don't do the virtual you know work from home you know digital nomad crap we're in office it's a hardcore you know sales environment that's that's the way we run it
0: wow man that's that's exceptional all of them are in austin or where where are they
1: they're all right here well they're all at lunch right now they need to get their ass back but yeah no they're all they're all here (laughs) They'll be back. They, like, ring just, the bell, time to right. go back to work, man. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, they're in here right now.
0: So. <laughs> okay, man. No, that's awesome. Because like, look at that. Like a lot of people leverage virtual assistants, uh, of course, to like, because they, they want to start small, the, like the budget's small and like a virtual assistant can cost like three, four, five dollars an hour, which is good. But ultimately, well, what, what helps you scale is a team, right? ultimately ultimately a team that you want to go right next to you and and you know call them hey, hey we need to do something we do we, we need to do a quick meeting no zoom lag no nothing ultimately that's exactly how a company how a corporation is constituted right which are employees actual employees so like man props for that uh, did you ever use virtual assistance at, at all before
1: yeah when I was in my 9 to 5 job I had a, a really really good uh, VA that I spent a lot of time with training and she was like my right hand girl when I was in corporate America because I couldn't always answer the phone
0: Yeah you know? man so <laughs> She
1: was doing a lot of the um you know qualification appointment scheduling initial comparables um you know handling the phones while I was while I was at work so that was that was a blessing. So if you are in like a nine to five job, uh, you know, having a killer, you know, a VA um, is definitely recommended when you're getting started. Yeah, so man. Once you get out and you've got and you can start hiring employees, there's no comparison. You know, absolutely.
0: No, I I believe that, that man.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I definitely believe that. I mean, definitely people can leverage uh, what remote positions are in order to in order to uh, you know streamline your operations in order to have a a team and quickly delegate your time. Uh, But ultimately um, you want to keep a lot of things in house, especially when you're working in a USA wide campaigns uh, every single day where you have to deal with actual us homeowners. Uh, Probably each market is different. For example, a homeowner will definitely, Ha- talks a different language than a homeowner in, in, te- in Texas than a homeowner in Oklahoma. And uh, US, US based, US based employees definitely know that language rather than someone in Philippines or someone like that, right?
1: So that's great.: definitely- Yeah, I agree. And you don't want them asking, you know, the homeowners if they got a bamboo roof and hear a bunch of roosters in the background. <laughs> you know it's how it is in the Philippines. Yeah, I, I love them. They're hard workers. They do, you know, they do a great job. But there is that cultural difference, yeah, uh, man. 100%. That percent sellers can pick up on, and it's it def, it's, it's not a good thing for um, conversion and and you know those kind of KPIs. Man, you got
0: this running in three years, right? Want to sell now. Dot com. It was founded. It was founded three years ago. Correct.
1: No, nah, I've been doing this six years, man. So okay. I've been doing this since 2014. Okay. I, you know, I had to have a job for the first um, two years because, you know, that's how long it took me to get it going. You know, I was making good money in corporate America, but I got common lawed. So I lost all my material possessions, you know, in 2000 and early 2016, I lost everything. Uh, like Basically, my entire savings, my you know, skyrise apartment, cars, and I had to build my way back up. So it took me two years in the corporate world um, before I was able to make the jump.
0: On and that. man, it's pretty yeah. remarkable. Uh, I actually just a little story here uh, just to let you know, I got I was working in corporate America the, the past three years and a half. March 23rd of this year, I got laid off uh, because of COVID. And then that's when I actually went ahead in full time and focus on my agency and focus. I, I run a JV operations here locally in Michigan, but my agency, which really, really helps also real estate investors with inbound operations, that was my focus after getting laid off. So I totally like when you do that change, man, it's a, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different, different animal. And the fact that you didn't search short call, relatively short period of time is remarkable, man. So like, honestly, uh, like congratulations on that. Now, when you started, man, you really had the idea, like want to sell now.com that one, that is like basically a brand, like basically like people are going to see want to sell now. And also it's very SEO friendly. Right. So what, what did you think about like, did you think about want to sell now.com like right away? Or was it a strategy that you had this, just, just you know, I, I, no, want I to needed, know, I needed a name
1: for my company and I got lucky on GoDaddy after typing in fucking domain names for four hours. And finally that was available in 2014. And that was the one that I picked from like the list of, you know, 20 available domain names that made my list. Yeah, so, man. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't anything like methodical or thought out. It was just, I was, you know, I think how a lot of people start is they just start thinking about names and typing them into GoDaddy to see if they're available. And I got lucky. Absolutely, man. But with that that domain now, there's different opportunities that you can
0: even do in the future, man. Maybe you can have another stream of income out of that domain, but... I don't know if you know that there's different like companies like need to fail, need to sell fast, uh, need to sell my home fast.com and things like that, where right. they uh, also do wholesale operations. They have like real estate investing operations, but they also sell their leads. And uh, that's like another stream of income that they have, like they charge like 200, $300 per lead in auctions. Right. So right. like it, it, there is an opportunity there too, but all right, so I've seen you in Facebook, and actually, uh, that's the main reason why I re- like the first time I reached out. Like the first thing was like, first of all, you targeted me with an ad, right? Of course, I'm active as well in real estate uh, investing and, and like seeing houses uh, and things like that. And uh, I saw your video, man. Like first of all, like you you're very very confident in video, uh, and uh, you are using video, of course, with want to to generate leads through Facebook ads. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, so like, how's that, how's that going? Like, tell me like your marketing channels, like you do Facebook, you do Google ads, correct? Is that what you do? You correct. still do SEO. Is there, is there any other
1: marketing channel that you do there? we really do Google, Facebook, Bing, Instagram. It's all online. So, um, I and we do radio as well. But everything is inbound. I don't like doing offline outbound marketing. Uh, I've been there, done that. I've sent enough direct mail, enough RVMs, enough SMSs, done enough fricking cold calls. Hired enough companies that yeah, you know, that's what works for us is just the inbound marketing. It's, you know, you're going to get a better quality lead when people are coming to you. Yeah. Going after them. Right. So, and,
0: and and your acquisition department also has like, have better conversations out of the bat with these leads because so like these leads, uh, first of all, they're, they don't want, they're not going to tell you, fuck you. Like, don't call me. Where'd you get my number? There is there is an intention there, for example. So there, it's easier to talk to them, right? And as soon as they come in, uh, there might there there might be an intention to right now listen to how much like your offer is, and of course, get into their motivation why they need to sell in order to do right there uh, a uh, a um, an offer for a contract, right? So. So right now acquisi- you have an acquisition team that deals with all the inbound operations, right? What's your process there? How, how do you have that process out in terms of following up with inbound leads? Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about, about that. I'm, I'm really interested in knowing about that process.
1: Yeah, so I have within acquisitions, um, we have, it's two departments in acquisitions. We've got junior acquisitions, and also senior acquisitions. So have you ever seen the movie like Boiler Room where like, you know, they're they're banging calls and then they get somebody on the line and they pat, you know, they call Vin Diesel, like, hey man, I got one. Like, I got one on the line. That's yeah. how our junior acquisitions is. So what I noticed was our um at first it was just senior acquisitions, you know, you get a lead, you take it all the way through the process to close it. But what I noticed was they were spending a ton of time by uh, getting people on the phones and doing initial qualification of the leads so they weren't spending the time you know doing the needs analysis with the sellers you know, building value in the offer you know underwriting deals and getting contracts and that's where money's made right that top right. half of the funnel is really just busy work so right. i eliminated that for them by Bringing in uh, junior acquisitions, and they're the ones that are pulling through the database, talking to people, seeing if they want to uh, still sell their property. If they do, you know they get a little bit of information, and they live transfer it over to our senior acquisitions to, you know pick up the conversation and close the deal.
0: So you got a pipeline, which is the acquisitions pipeline. It's picture like that. A lead comes in, and then someone that is going to basically do an appointment it be an appointment setter uh for inbound leads.
1: yeah i mean we do everything over the phone right and they don't set appointments we live transfer but live yeah,
0: transfer gosh, only you can
1: call awesome. it that. yeah
0: okay awesome so so that means that you're, you're uh not your uh, senior acquisition managers are always going to be available for a live transfer correct
1: yeah so we have we are we have our department in acquisition we have six we have Three juniors and three seniors.
0: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And what, so what if, what, what happens? Like, for example, if this person, uh, if you guys, if you guys get many leads at once, of course, it will be like a matter of,
1: uh, getting more acquisition people. Or how, how do you guys Yeah. Do no, it? I mean, there's been times where, you know, all everybody's on the phones and in that scenario, say, if uh, junior acquisitions has somebody to pass over and nobody's available then they'll just say, all right, hey, yeah, and I'll have them give you a call back here within the hour, is that okay? Or in the next 20 minutes, is that okay? And then they'll slack over the podio card and they'll go physically over to their desk and like call Sherry, put it on a sticky note, slap it on their monitor, you know, and that's kind of how we operate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm a big believer, man, of automation, like full automation, because it helps with conversion, especially with inbound leads. These leads are sometimes, you know, honestly, they're distracted. Just imagine you going up and down. Maybe you're thinking about shoes and you want to buy shoes. A shoes advertising comes in. You, want, you put in your information, but then you get distracted and then you lose that opportunity, if you, if, if that lead, if that, sorry, if that person that is selling shoes does not either message you or call you or send you an email about it, you, you kind of lose track out of it. So do you guys currently have a automated systems that follow up with the leads right away? Uh, even if it is a text message or an email?
1: Yeah, we do. So we have, you know, automated uh, email and text messages that go out and say, Hey, you know, we'll be giving you a call from a 512 number in the next 24 hours to give you a cash offer. Look forward to speaking with you. You Awesome. Awesome. Just to give that initial touch until our acquisitions can reach out and get them on the phone.
0: Awesome. How about how about how about if that first message didn't trigger a respond, or maybe your acquisitions people got uh, at some point, busy with other leads that are stacked. Uh, do you have a sequence that
1: nurtures that lead uh, like further on? Yeah, we got humans, man. They're humans. banging every single day, fucking pulling list out of our podio, pulling 3,000 freaking leads at a time and sitting on Mojo Dialer until they answer, You know, harassing the shit out of them on text, email. So, <laughs> I mean, I get where you're going with the whole like, yeah, make sure everything's automated and it's sequenced out. Nah, I don't do that shit anymore, man. That's I'd rather get actual people that um, are incentivized to do the work, you know, than, than a robot and AI and to yeah. do it for me. And I I mean there's merit to both, but you know, we've just I've had better success, better conversion when I've got actual people that are reaching out to these leads quickly getting them on the phone, passing them to closers.
0: Yeah, and, man. Yeah. And actually, I was going to go and point that the best type of follow-up is always a human being. Like, Correct. So that's the best type of follow-up.